0: Hello, everyone. First of all, I'd like to apologize for not getting this podcast out earlier this week. Had some things that came up with the week and did not allow me to get that done, and I'm sorry about that. And also, for those who are preparing for class tonight, uh, what I want to give you right off the bat is the scripture that we're going to look at tonight, in case I forget to do it at the end. And that scripture is Revelation chapter 12. We'll be taking a look at the lady and the dragon. I think it'll be an interesting discussion. As far as last week's class, I wanted to let you know the passage of Scripture that we looked at was Revelation chapter 11, verses 1 through 14. And as I mentioned last week, um, the perspective that we're going to view these two witnesses uh, that are mentioned in this part of, this part of Revelation is we're going to view this from the perspective that they are the, the church, um, the testifying, witnessing church of the end times and the last times. Um, what I mean by testifying and witnessing is testifying of Jesus Christ, that He is the Son of God and He is the Lord and Savior um, of the world. So, um, that being said, if you would like to take just a moment and pause this podcast and read through Revelation 11, 1-14, that would be great. Um, and I'll give you just a second um, to get that done, to pause this. Okay, um, we're back. And... This is what we're going to take a look at. This I got a lot of help from this from a professor at Ozark by the name of Jeff Snell. And this is the way he broke down this passage of Scripture. Uh, first of all, um, the first couple of verses amount to how uh, this is a sweet, bitter message. And the reason I'm saying sweet, bitter instead of bitter, sweet is just because in the first two verses we see the sweet part of this message first and the bitter part of it next. Uh, and just taking a look at that. But basically what it amounts to, verse 1 tells us that as the church, as the people of the church uh, share the message of Jesus, that this is not a message that is well-received and also a message of repent. That's why they're clothed in sackcloth, um, to, to, for the world to repent. And that is not always a message that is well-received, but that they will have God's support. Um, in that message in his power and there'll be a lot more about that in the next verses to come now the bitter part of this message is that God's people will be out there and exposed giving this message they're still in the world in a place that isn't their home and that means that they will be vulnerable but a paradox here in these two verses is they will be securely vulnerable they're vulnerable to the world reaching out and harming them but the world spiritually cannot touch them Alright, so that's the first couple of verses, and then we jump into verses 3-6, through six, and it can be entitled, as it was by Mr. Snell, um, Embrace the Opportunity. What we have here is, again, the sackcloth is mentioned, meaning that the message that the, the witnesses will be sharing is a message of repentance for the world. This is huge purpose. It's, it's, this is what it amounts to. This is the message that many of the Old Testament prophets had, um, telling the people of Israel to repent. And um, a message, again, that wasn't always well received, but the church in the end times will basically be fulfilling um, and succeeding the prophets of the Old Testament with the message of repentance. And... uh Then you get into something a little bit kind of confusing. Uh, The author, um, the Apostle John, talks about the olive trees and the lampsteins. We're going to go through this very quickly. This is a very symbolic, figurative um, two objects that he's setting up here. Uh, And they come from quite a bit through the Old Testament, specifically in Zechariah 4, though. We have uh, two people, the high priest, whose name was Joshua, and the king, who was really the Jewish king, the king uh, in charge was the uh, Persian king at the time, um, Darius. But who he put in charge of of the Jews was um, a king by the name of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel. and Zerubbabel and Joshua were given the job of basically going back to Jerusalem and rebuilding the temple. Um, and that job would expand into even more than that. Um, that would the, the re, taking Jerusalem. This is what God predicted would happen. That there that that the the remnant would go home and that they would bring Jerusalem back to glory. And he mentions the 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 prophet Zechariah mentions that these two men, Joshua and Zerubbabel, uh, that they are Zerubbabel that they are basically the olive trees and the lampstands meaning this, they will receive their power from the Holy Spirit. Olive tree in the Old Testament, olive oil in the Old Testament. It's got Holy Spirit um, written all over. it. Anyone who was anointed by a prophet for the Lord would then receive great power from the Holy Spirit. It happened again and again in the Old Testament, and the lampstands is is an example of the witnessing of of these two men and. Now this is being relayed forward to the church in the last times as a matter of fact uh in Revelation chapter 1 and 2 we see the church the letters to the churches and in every one of those churches there was a lampstand for their witness. Now as you get into the latter part of verses 3 through 6 5 and 6 um what you see is some incredibly a lot of power here. Um, The the witnesses will receive power from the Holy Spirit, and that Holy Spirit packs a punch. Um, Think about Elijah and and the fire that he called down from heaven um, when um, King Ahaziah sent soldiers out to get him. Um, Think about Moses and the plagues and the way that God worked through him and the way that God empowered these men. Um, So, Basically, from the get go, the church needs to embrace, the witnessing church needs to embrace this opportunity. Uh, The next part isn't quite so nice. Verses 7 through 10, um, the church needs to accept the hostility. You see, success in the message does not always guarantee safety. Um, Basically, the church is not the only one with a message in the end times. The world is preaching a message too. And um, those messages are completely opposed to one another. And then when we get to this passage, we see for the very first time in Revelation, we see a character show up that will be, play quite a role in the rest of the Revelation, and that is the beast. And the beast, this is the first time again in Revelation, and so many, often, so many times, the beast represents the kingdoms of the earth at war with God's kingdom. And that's exactly what takes place. And the beast prevails, the witnesses are killed, and verse 8 tells us they are deprived of burial. This was incredibly insulting to the, um, to the Eastern world to, be, to die and not be given a burial. And then they're dead for three and a half days, and then they arise. This is really very interesting. By the way, we're not going to get into it right now. I'm not going to take the time, but three and a half is a number that's all over this passage that we're looking at today. Um, interesting. Kind of dig into that on your own a little bit. And uh, basically, the, the, when the world, in this accepting the hostility, when the world cannot shout the church down, they, the world will do what it can to shut the church up okay and and that means persecution and sometimes persecution at a very high and a very high cost and a high level um and the church must be willing to accept this now but that's not the end amazingly and so wonderfully we have embracing the opportunity accepting the hostility and then in verses 11 through 14 anticipate the victory. Um, verses 11, 14 is, is very much like uh, a passage from the Old Testament. It comes out of Ezekiel 37, and it's called, uh, it's kind of a famous passage um, from Ezekiel's prophecy, and it's, it's talking about the valley of, of dry bones. When Ezekiel was prophesying, uh, Judah had just been, the nation of Judah had just been recently taken captive um, by Babylon, and and the majority of that nation was completely conquered and and taken to, actually, picked up, taken to Babylon. So you have people in Babylonian captivity, and this is very early in the captivity, and it was not looking very bright for the people of Judah, the Jews there in Babylon. Um, But this is the cool thing. Ezekiel has a vision from God where he sees bones in a valley and then those bones begin to rattle and make noise and before you know it those bones are connecting back together and then tissue is growing on them muscle and and sinew and before you know it there's that that humongous pile of bones turn into an exceeding army of the people of God and what that was is God telling Ezekiel I am not going to forget my people in Babylon I will take them again home again one day And what we see here in Revelation is something very similar. And the great thing about this is when this rapture takes place, in verse 12, this is no secret. It will be visible. It will be audible to all. And... uh, Keeping in mind, as we talked about last week, that, that revelation works in cycles, and this is talking about the end. This is talking about the church going home to glory, and uh, and the church wit and, and not the church, the world witnessing that, and the and the world. Uh, seemingly in verse 13 giving praise to god but this is not a genuine praise a repentant praise this is a terrified praise you see every everyone one day will bow before jesus christ whether they want to or not they will Um, much like the praise of the egyptians when their nation had been brought to their knees and they finally let moses and the people of israel go Um, very similar um, imagery there um and what we have here, as we wrap up uh, Revelation 11, 1 through 14, is it sets up very, very well the rest of Revelation, where from this point, it just gets with it, if you will. Um, once again, documenting the the very end times to the time that um, Jesus will will appear and He will take His people home. And I think the question we need to ask ourselves as we look to this passage of Scripture is, is... In the end times, the church probably is not going to be that comfortable in the world. And the world is a pretty harmful place for the church when the church speaks with without fear the message that the world needs to hear of of repentance and of the message of the risen Savior and the risen Lord. And the question I have to ask myself personally is this: Am I am I just too comfortable in in this world? This world is not my home. Had to Have I experienced persecution for uh, my willingness to preach the truth and to speak the truth to the world that desperately needs to hear it? And that's a question I think all of us need to consider. Um, thank you very much for listening. Hope you can make it to class tonight. It'll be at seven o'clock. Um, this evening tonight is September 25th. Um, last week's class was on September 18th. And again, uh, I didn't forget, believe it or not, we will be looking at Revelation 12, diving into um, what's going on with this with this, the woman and the dragon. Hope to see you there. Thank you.